Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at patreon.com backslash Rama Tribe. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your In this episode, we will explore the archetype of Mars, looking at the astrology of the rest of 2020 and the particular impacts Mars and Aries will make. In relationship to Mars, we will dive into the divine masculine archetype, the resurrection of the kings after trial by fire, and culminate with a meditation to integrate all of this wisdom. This is an opportunity for initiation, for resurrection, and for the return. Ancestors, 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 we call to you, we call to you, we call to you. We're so grateful for your lives, and we know we cannot do this alone. We cannot do this without you. So we welcome you. We welcome your backing and your genius solutions to pour forth like sweet ambrosial nectar from the other world. Thank you, ancestors. Thank you for your gifts, your trials. Thank you for providing the shoulders upon that which we stand upon. Thank you for your support, seen and unseen in these times. And we welcome in the powers and spirits of the East, the element of air, the powers and spirits of the South, the element of fire, the powers and spirits of the West, the element of water, the powers and spirits of the north, the element of earth, 
we welcome all of the directions and all of the keepers of the directions. We ground into Mother Earth and from this anchored space where we are connected and fully immersed in our sense of belonging, we gaze up into the cosmos and we welcome in all the planetary beings, the luminaries, all the goddess and god asteroids, our starseed nations, and our guides and our guardians of the holiest and highest calibers to walk with us in the sacred journey of life. As we consider the archetype of Mars, we look to the glyph. It is a circle with an arrow, a pointed arrow. And we could say this is the circle of spirit, of creation. And this arrow is an arrow of initiation, of will, of drive. Some astrologers also uh, relate this arrow to an erect penis. We could also say that within this glyph of Mars, there is the shield and the spear. And Mars is ultimately about how one takes action in the 3D world. Mars has bearing over the zodiacal signs of both Aries and Scorpio. A lot of contemporary astrologers say that Pluto is the ruler of Scorpio, and in the contemporary astrological lens, this is very much true. And if we go back to traditional astrology, we find that Mars has rulership over Scorpio as well. Mars is the capacity to assert self based upon personal desire. Mars wishes to pursue our goals and our dreams, is about independence and self-sufficiency, how we project ourselves upon the world. This is the courage to stand up for what is just. Mars is about drive, aim, and force over the divine spirit on the earthly plane. This is the archetype of the warrior, the athlete, the daredevil, the hunter. And Mars governs emotions like anger, aggression, and assertiveness. The energy of Mars is more focused on the material plane than the spiritual plane where individual willpower is everything. Mars is about the lower will, the vitality of the body, our energy, whereas Pluto is more focused on this higher will. To master Mars energy, it's important how we direct this energy. And as we look to ancient astrology, 
Mars is a malefic alongside Saturn. So Mars being a bearer of intensity of challenges. Mars was seen as a dry, fiery, and a hot power that is destructive of the life force both in nature and in humanity. This planet was very much associated with wars, with anger, with murder, with danger, with combat, with recklessness, with torture, with pain. Mars in ancient astrology would lead to estrangements, to breaches in friendship, to enemies, to stolen belongings, property, lawsuits. Mars energy could entail lies, perjury, and sexually, it was very much connected with sex as an impulse, with adultery, with rape, and with abortion. Mars rules over the head, the seat, the genitals, particularly the male sex organs, such as the sperm duct, the muscular system, the blood, the bile, the adrenals, and the elimination of excrement. Mars transits, particularly in ancient astrology, would bring fevers, inflammations, ulcerations, and pustiles. Mars is associated with the color red, with acid, with iron, with Tuesday. And I think it's important to consider Mars in ancient astrology. And I also feel like all of these planetary archetypes have a lower vibration and a higher vibration. And when we're consciously working with the energies, we have an ability to really mold the experience to be of a higher vibration. When we're unconsciously working with the energies or when we're trying to repress them or ignore them is often when the more so shadow sides of these planetary archetypes comes through. So Mars in a uplifting condition may make a person daring, valiant, courageous. Mars could signify a military leader, a warrior, a warrioress, and in a lower vibration could mean that the person is uncontrollable, reckless, blasphemous, may br bring about severe physical harm to themselves and to others. In Babylon, Mars was known as Nergal, the god of the underworld, god of fevers, plagues, and war, and the Greeks associated him with Ares, god of war, violence, and anger. And as we look to Mars here in 2020, what I believe Mars is guiding us as a global culture is that this is a great time of initiation. Over the next six months, Mars is going to guide us into many layers of initiation. And it is time for this as a collective. We are ready. 
I know it might feel like a lot, and many astrologers are talking about the heaviness of what is to come for the latter half of 2020. And there will be intensity, there will be sacrifice, there will be more shedding and purging. And ultimately, I feel and believe in my heart of hearts that this is all for a great purpose. It is for each one of us to come into contact with our spiritual warriorship. So as we look to Mars as a gift, as bringing us a gift, we have this ability to act with will, with instinct, to defend rightful territory with high authority, to be sovereign. And that's what these times are truly about, how to be sovereign. When we are challenged through the Mars force, we must ask ourselves, may we live with spiritual courage? Or are we willing to be a doormat, to be plowed over by others? Are we willing to produce great accomplishments, courageous deeds, and achievements? As we look to pop fortune-telling astrology, Mars even as we go back through ancient astrology, we see is so tied to bringing trouble and misery, war and aggression, pain, injury and conflict. And unchecked with Mars energy, one may become completely reckless. In my opinion, unchecked Mars energy is all about fear. And when we dive deep into fear, there's the acronym of fear, fuck everything and run. And when we're feeling fear, this is generally how we feel. <laughs> we just want to drop everything and anything we care about and run away. And it's interesting because Mars rules over the adrenal glands, and the adrenal glands are the part of the body where fear is most activated. It is our adrenals that protect us from fight or flight. And so when we're feeling fear, we feel, okay, are we ready to fight or are we ready to run away? And in most cases, one is going to run away rather than fight. So when we're feeling that fear, which we're in a time of great, great uncertainty, and many people are feeling fear, let's be honest, it is palpable. How do we transform the fear? How do we go within? And how do we dissolve the fear so that we may soften through our hearts and we may show up? more compassionate and present. So we're going to go on a journey as we look to the astrology for the rest of 2020 and the impact that Mars is going to be creating in these waves of our astrology. We will close with a meditation to assist you on this journey of working through the sphere. Mars wishes to clean us internally, to purify. Mars wants us to name what we are angry about, to really be able to identify 
those spaces and those places within our psyche and to move efficiently and strategically to heal the root of the problem. The true thorn is often found deep within the psyche, deep within the heart space. There was a core wound. Perhaps it happened to you in utero. Perhaps it happened to you in your birth experience or in early childhood. And Mars, really what Mars is assisting you is to get to this thorn, to find it, to find where it is lodged within the psyche, and to be able to be your own healer and to remove the thorn. So as we consider Mars energy, I think it's important to look at the frequency of Aries and the frequency of Scorpio, because they each have a different lens to offer in relation to this Mars energy. Aries energy is a deep need to be independent, to know thyself. It is all about being initiating, pioneering, innovative. There's an innocence with Aries. Aries are energetic and active and courageous, and at times can be very rash, can even be self-centered or violent or overbearing or coarse. And Scorpio is all about a need for deep involvements and intense transformations. The Scorpio frequency is regenerative, penetrating, powerful and deep, very complex, at times can be power-hungry lustful, cruel, and even deceptive. Mars frequency works with this courageous, initiating, pioneering frequency that is also about going into the depths, that is also about regeneration and true, true transformation. This brings us back to Acknowledging that Mars is ultimately about initiation, about strategy, about challenge, about asking each one of us, how will you take responsibility for your own survival? Mars is a teacher. And I'm always amazed at the timing of life the beauty, the weaving that just takes place in each one of our lives. We're in such a sacred dance. And as I was preparing for this podcast, I've been deeply immersed in my graduate school writing. I have two papers I'm in the middle of writing as I'm completing my coursework. And once I submit these two papers, by the third week of July, I will have completed all the courses for this program I've been enrolled in since the beginning of 2018. And the final stage will be my 15,000 word dissertation. 
So it's a major culmination point. And going through graduate school, especially in, in Western civilization, is very much one of the few kinds of initiations that we have. As Spiro would have it, I've also been listening to the audiobook of one of my mentors who I greatly value and I continue to share bits and pieces of what I've learned through him and from him in this podcast. Elder Maladoma Somme, who has many, many graduate degrees, doctorates and master degrees. What he really carries is this beautiful tradition of his Dagara culture in Dano, Burkina Faso. And so I was listening to his book of Water and the Spirit, Ritual, Magic, and Initiation in the Life of an African Shaman. And I just finished it this past Monday as I was in the car driving quite a distance, so I had time to finish listening. And I highly recommend you listen to his book. It's available on Audible or Scribd. After you listen, I recommend you read it because the written version is longer than the audio version. I thought it was just so cool the way that life weaves us because here I am in the midst writing about ancient Egypt and magic for my graduate work. I'm doing research on Mars and what's happening in 2020 for this podcast. And then I'm listening to an audiobook from one of my mentors that is about initiation and magic in regards to African shamanism. It's a beautiful weaving. And this is so related to Mars because, yes, Mars is a teacher. Mars is the healthy, divine, masculine frequency. And Mars is all about initiation. And when I look to Elder Maladoma, these are the qualities I see. I see a man who is so healthfully anchored in his divine masculine. And I see a man who so embodies initiation and who has literally been chosen by the other world to be a representative, to be one who works with people of the land of the oppressors, the colonizers, in bridging, literally bridging this initiation from Africa. It's such a beautiful time to consider where is initiation in your life Many people in the Western world have had little to zero initiation and it is one of the greatest illnesses of this culture. It leads to this mindless consumer culture where one is just buying endlessly, thoughtlessly, consuming eating without even awareness as to what they're consuming because there's just this lack. There's something that has been stripped away. And what that something really is, is so related to the lack of initiation. Earlier this week, 
in our astrology on June 30th, Jupiter and Pluto met up in the heavens. They're both on this retrograde journey. I wrote this post about this where I said, where we are in our truth, there is payoff. Materialism is dead. We are anchoring into the age of community and collaboration. From me to we. This brings me back to this concept of initiation and of tribal village life where we as a global humanity, obviously not every culture around the world, but when we look at the nations that are considered to be powerful, there has been a systematic stripping away of village life. It is time. It is time where we really come back to this we consciousness. The consciousness of the individual has such a void in it. It has been a systematic way to strip people of their cultural identities. It is a form of imperialism. It is a form of capitalism. Materialism is dead. It is vacant. It is void. There is nothing left to consume. Here we are. In 2020, we must go within for the greatest willingness to see the high truth. As we began the year, we had the powerful Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And then we had that 444 gateway on April 4th of 2020. Jupiter and Pluto met up for their first conjunction of the year. This was a really potent time. And as I mentioned, they had their second conjunction this past Tuesday on June 30th. As they had their second conjunction, Jupiter and Pluto were retrograde. So I gave a podcast, episode three, where I talk about the astrology of 2020 as a whole. And if you want to know more about what it means when they, when Jupiter and Pluto meet up and when they're retrograde and all of that, it's explained in that episode. However, when they met up on June 30th, there was like an echo of what got planted on April 4th. Right now, we're at this echo point. And then mid-November, we have an activation when they meet up for the third time. I'm speaking about this because this journey that Mars has been on is very important. On 444, April 4th, 2020, both Venus and Mars were trying in this chart. And Venus was in Gemini, Mars in Aquarius, and they were in a pretty tight trine, both in air signs. And a trine is where there are gifts being exchanged. This whole year of 2020, both Venus and Mars are going on their own unique individual journeys. And they each need to be purified. Venus, as this divine feminine frequency, is going through her layers of purification. Mars, as the divine masculine, is going through his layers of 
purification. And as I say masculine and feminine, I'm not speaking gender. I'm speaking energetics, like a negative and a positive charge, a yin and a yang. On June 27th, Mars entered his home sign of Aries, where Mars will be for the rest of 2020 into early January of 2021. Now, generally speaking, Mars travels through all of the signs in about two years, spending about six weeks in any given sign, unless it goes retrograde. Mars came into his home sign of Aries. And remember, Mars in Aries is all about independence and courage, knowing thyself, being initiatory, being a pioneer, being innovative. But Mars in Aries can also be overbearing, combative, aggressive, and coarse. This divine will onto the earthly plane is acting through each one of us in its home sign of Aries. It's crossing through our charts to affect us on an individual level, on an ancestral level, and on a level of humanity. The moment that Mars entered the home sign of Aries, it was opposed to the moon in Libra. Again, there was like this standoff between the feminine and the masculine. Libra being ruled by Venus. When Mars entered Aries, Chiron, the wounded healer, was in Aries, the black moon Lilith, the shadow of the dark goddess, was in Aries, and Eris is in Aries and has been since each one of us has been alive. On July 25th, Mars enters the front end of the retrograde shadow as Mars controls the way actions happen and desires. There can be a lot of frustrations with Mars retrograde. It's a time to really be compassionate, to be more thoughtful before you take action. It's a time to be very patient. Mars retrogrades collectively don't always feel so good, but they're a very useful time for slowing down, for being introspective, for reassessing what your desires are and the ways in which you take action in your life. So it's good to check out also the Aries house of your natal chart, your birth chart, to see where Mars is transiting and what is going to be most activated for you. And those of the cardinal signs, particularly the latter degrees, will be greatly impacted. On August 1st, the Capricorn moon will square Mars and Aries. This is when things will really start to heat up, so to say, pretty much from the time of August 1st through December 2020. There will be some choppy waters that we'll all be navigating. Now with this moon in Capricorn, our emotions will be squared with, with will, with the drive, depending on how it actually touches your natal chart, will affect how you will feel this 
directly. However, on a collective level, we're all going to feel this. We will witness this. And Mars will be approaching his square with Jupiter, with Pluto, and with Saturn. As we know, Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn have been in Capricorn for 2020. Saturn made a brief entry into Aquarius and just this week went back into the sign of Capricorn, where Saturn will be until December 17th of 2020. Capricorn is all about how we build, how we do our work, what we're growing, what we're evolving. It's about power structures. And with Mars and Aries squaring Jupiter, the way that we expand in the world, our spiritual growth and evolution, Pluto, our deepest transformations, our willingness to get to the truth, the high truth, and Saturn, the teaching planet of self-mastery, those lessons that come through, at times, isolation through limitation. Each one of these is going to get a different activation as Mars and Aries comes to square. Now, a square is like, you could imagine you're at a four-way stop sign, and each person has pulled up to the four-way stop, and everyone's looking at each other. Everyone needs to get somewhere. They all need to go but no one's moving. Every time someone tries to move forward, the other person tries and everyone breaks. And it's just like the tension is building. You can just like witness and feel the road rage. That's what a square can feel like. On this day of August 1st, when this Capricorn moon squares Mars and Aries, there's actually a grand cross. So there's this four-way square happening between Juno and Libra, the goddess around partnership and love in the sign of harmony, of justice. Mercury conjunct Vesta and Cancer. So the way we communicate with our devotion in watery, deep feeling, this mother force of Cancer. Mars, Black Moon Lilith, the shadow of the dark goddess Eris, the goddess of discord, the one who will bring anything to light that needs to be seen, no matter how awkward, uncomfortable, painful. Eris is the warrior to bring it up to the surface. And Mars, Black Moon, Lilith, and Eris are all in Aries. And then Pallas Athene, this goddess of the high mind, moon, Jupiter, how we expand and spiritually grow, and Pluto, Saturn, all in Capricorn. So they're all going to be facing one another off. It's going to most likely be a time of great, great intensity. And we will see this in events, perhaps globally, in our local communities, in our friendship circles, in our family of origins, our ancestors, and also in our own personal psyches and our own lives. It's, it's deep, deep work. And remember Mars as the teacher of initiation, going deep within to see that which needs to be healed from the psyche. 
So on August 2nd, Mars squares Jupiter. On August 14th, Mars squares Pluto. And then on August 25th, Mars squares Saturn. That brings us to September 9th, when Mars officially goes retrograde at 6.23 p.m. That's Eastern Daylight Time at 28 degrees and 8 arc minutes of Aries. So Mars has almost come to karmic completion through the sign of Aries, and then Mars goes retrograde. And as Mars goes retrograde, Mars is in a conjunction with Eris and Black Moon Lilith in Aries. Black Moon Lilith in Aries contains this deep fear of unworthiness. The issues that we are feeling on a collective level are around our success, our identity, our inherent value. Do we matter? Our self-esteem. And the healing and the transcending comes through when we deeply check in with where that inherent unworthiness is and we face it. So there's some deep, deep healing going on with Eris in Aries. There's also an ask, a call to take a stand, to take a stand for our values, that which we believe in to call out what needs to be spoken, what has been hidden, to bring the thorns out into the light. And when we are willing to do this on a personal and also a collective level, it can be extremely transforming. It can be deeply, deeply healing. However, when we're unwilling to do this when we're afraid and when we repress this work, it can be quite painful and it can result in combativeness, in war, in hurtful words that are spoken. So this is where each one of us gets to be this amazing activist. We get to decide how we're going to show up in our personal lives and in turn, we have an opportunity to steer where the collective goes. This is why each one of us matters now more than ever. On November 13th, Mars will go direct at 7.36 p.m. Eastern Time at 15 degrees, 13 arc minutes, Aries. And at this time, Venus will be opposing Mars in Libra. So again, there's that opposition between the feminine and the masculine. We had that opposition on June 27th when Mars entered Aries. At that moment, Mars was opposing the Libra moon, which is ruled by Venus. The moment Mars goes into Aries and then the moment Mars goes direct, there's this connection between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. The day on November 13th when Mars goes direct, Sun, Juno, Moon, and Mercury are all in the sign of Scorpio, which Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So Sun, our true self, like our core identity. Juno, the goddess of sacred union, sacred partnership, moon, our past lives, our emotions, 
Mercury, how we communicate, and all in the sign of Scorpio, this willingness to go down and deep, to go into the swamp of the consciousness of the hidden psyche and to extract the shadowy, muddy parts of ourselves that are actually diamonds. When Mars goes direct, Pluto, Jupiter, Pallas Athene, and Saturn are also all direct. There's a forward momentum where there has been some repressed energies. There will be a forward motion at this point. We're building up this year to the Great Conjunction, which is exact on December 21st at 1.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is when Saturn and Jupiter meet up in the sky at zero degrees Aquarius. Pallas Athene, the high-minded goddess of wisdom and truth, is also in conjunction in marriage with them. This is where we welcome in this next layer of anchoring these Aquarian Age values into our 3D world, into our lives as a global humanity. It's a very important astrological moment. Just after this great conjunction on December 22nd, Mars and Eris conjunct. They meet up. They marry in Aries, squaring Pluto and Capricorn. This is a moment of potential high intensity We could see so many layers of aggression coming forth. However, it is a time of great transformation. And if each one of us commits to being in our truth and to be doing our inner work of really tapping into that divine masculine frequency, doing the healing that is being called upon each one of us, deep in the psyche, we have the ability to mold what we're building. This is a powerful turning point on earth, and each one of us is being called to this high holy work. On that day of December 22nd, when Saturn and Jupiter are still conjunct. Pallas Athene is also conjunct all in the sign of Aquarius, zero degrees Aquarius, Mars and Eris, square Pluto and Capricorn. The moon, our emotions, Chiron, the wounded healer, and Uranus, planet of genius solutions, of liberation, of freedom, are all in Aries. Vesta is in Virgo, the North Node in Gemini, Neptune in Pisces, and the South Node in Sagittarius. So there's this grand cross happening between our devotion, our high destiny, our past, and our past choices, and the dream. And we're being asked to really look at all of these parts of ourselves and determine where do we want to go from here On January 2nd, 2021, Mars will clear the entire retrograde process coming fully out of his shadow. On January 7th of 2021, Mars will enter Taurus. This is a time to consolidate 
yourself, consolidate your psyche, consolidate your life. It is a time to prepare for initiation. Knowing that in initiation, there is always a death process. There is something that must be sacrificed. And as we willingly sacrifice, there is an alchemy. There is a resurrection. There is a return. The astrology of 2020, it is dissolving the old paradigm. It is the last gasp of patriarchy clawing its nails in, attempting to hold on. It is the death of materialism and the opportunity to build anew, to build new political structures, to build new ways of living together in community, to build new ways of living and enjoying life. Zero degrees Aquarius is the dawn of the age of Aquarius. And with the two teacher planets meeting up, Jupiter, this planet of expansion, of making that which is coming your way large and prosperous, jovial, and Saturn, this teaching planet of limitations. We have this opportunity to truly dissolve age-old grief. And in this opportunity, it is a time to honor the elements, to connect once more with nature, to understand we are not separate from nature. We are not separate from the other world. There is a symbiosis. There is a mutual reciprocity that has always taken place and will always take place. No matter how we try to shut down and hide from it, it is there. It is impossible to ignore. It will find its way into our lives and into our hearts. We are in the midst of a divine dance between this world and the other world. And each one of us is being asked to claim our humanity, to stay human, to make the impossible to transform the impossible into I am possible. So we have this opportunity as we're doing this great Mars work to go into the shadow of the divine masculine, the places where we have been the persecutor, where we have had cold detachment, where we have been controlling or egotistical, aggressive, emotionally numb, dominant, abusive, ruthless, and to transform those spaces and those places within our consciousness, within our psyche, to be warm and confident and courageous, grounded, generous, holding solid boundaries, being protective, being a leader, and being responsible. Mars is about instinct, will, and power. Mars, in its highest form, is the healthy, divine, masculine. And in this age of Aquarius, we're coming to this time where each one of us 
becomes a sovereign being fully tapped in to our divine feminine frequency and our divine masculine frequency, creating this mystical marriage from within. And as we harness the power of this mystical marriage, we are like this Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail, or the dragon eating its own tail. The Ouroboros is a circular symbol where the snake's head goes to latch onto the tip of the tail. As it swallows its tail, there's this message of wholeness, of unity. This symbol originates into ancient Egyptian iconography. It is a symbol of the eternal cycle of renewal, of the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. As we work with kundalini technology, we can call upon the sound current, the mantra, sa, ta, na, ma. This connects us with the five tattvas, the five elements, earth, air, fire, water, ether, that which all of creation here on planet earth is made up of. And this Ouroboros connects us The snake is like this phallic symbol. The mouth is like the yoni, the womb, swallowing the phallus, the divine feminine and the divine masculine coming together. As we go deep into our divine feminine and we go deep into the shadow, we find where we've been victim, where we've been codependent, where we've been insecure, manipulative, passive, overly emotional, inauthentic, or cruel. And we can go and do that deep inner work and be lunar and receptive, creative, in tune with our emotions, intuitive, passionate, in flux, ever-changing, multifaceted, cooperative, and sensual. The serpent is the creator and the protector of wisdom. The serpent has been so abused, seen as connected with evil or being an agent of death. However, the serpent is actually about life embodiment, life-giving powers, healing, the powers that result in being able to synthesize, harmonize, the world of duality. The serpent is the symbol for eternal life, for resurrection. The serpent personifies the renewal and the destruction of life. As we see the serpent in the form of the Ouroboros, we are able to see the cycle of life, to honor the elements sa-ta-na-ma to honor our ancestors, to honor our community, to honor humanity, to honor all of creation. The Resurrection of the Kings After Trial by Fire What I've been witnessing and experiencing in my own life and in those around me 
And particularly, something has shifted in a palpable way in this year of 2020, where more and more men are really stepping up to the plate to protect, to honor the divine feminine. And this spring, I went through my own personal initiation where I really had to go deep within. And although I'd been on a journey of healing and clearing my own personal divine masculine, there were more layers there, as there always are. We're always peeling back another layer like the onion. It's never ending in this journey of life. There's no arrival point. However, a, a major layer was coming up for clearing, and it was uncomfortable. And I found that when I consciously surrendered and I made the clear intention to do the work, it immediately shifted my relationships with the men in my life, particularly my father. And I've struggled for many years of my life and my relationship with my father, something that could go back to 30 years ago when he was in war and when traumatic experiences happened to him, which in turn happened to me. And it really broke a deep bond that him and I had. And there was a lot of grief. And at that time, no one was really addressing the grief. It was just kind of being swept under the rug, as these things are quite often in families and in life. And so I found this year that when I surrendered to this deep work and I made the conscious decision, I called it out to my ancestors and I spoke my commitment to this work. I even spoke it to my father. It opened up a massive portal of healing between us. As we look around the world, we are seeing more and more abuses of power and control dynamics, sexual abuse, manipulation. We're seeing it coming out in various communities, particularly spiritual communities. And in fact, as I'm recording this just about four days ago, a well-known musician was outed for abusing women, raping women. Unfortunately, this is something that still happens and absolutely happens in spiritual circles and spiritual settings. Right before quarantine, within the tradition of kundalini yoga that I work with, there was a lot of allegations coming out against Yogi Bhajan, the master who brought this technology from the East to the West. And it really split the community into many shards. And I wrote a blog post about it. If you're interested in learning more about what my thoughts were, the title of the blog post is There Are No Secrets in the Aquarian Age, which you can find on my website, ramatribe.com. We will continue 
to see from the swamp, we will continue to see these truths unveiled where misconduct has taken place from both the feminine and the masculine. And there's also a resurgence happening upon the masculine right now. And I saw this within my own father line where these men have been through so much, literally trial by fire. Many of them are making the conscious decision to shift in this age of Aquarius. Each one of us contains this divine masculine cord of truth within ourselves, as well as the divine feminine cord of truth within ourselves. And at this time, we get to choose how we're going to activate these cords and how we're going to braid and weave them into our lives. It's a beautiful time to be on the earth. It's a challenging time to be on the earth. Each one of us is going through our own hero's journey, our own trial by fire. May you walk your path with integrity, with grace, in the beauty way. From here, we will move into our meditation. And so I ask of you, if you're driving or operating heavy machinery, to find a way to pause this recording and circle back around to it at another time when you can be more present. So finding yourself in a comfortable seated position or coming to lie down on your back, turning off your ringer, closing any doors that are necessary so that you may become fully present here and now. Taking some water in or whatever you need to be comfortable and beginning to allow the waves of gravity to wash over you to become more settled, feeling more secure, more present in this moment. Taking some nice, long, deep breaths feeling the body becoming so heavy, this giant wave of relaxation coming in through the soles of the feet, spiraling up through the ankles and the shins and the calves and the knees, up into the thighs, into the groin, into the pelvic bowl, into the sex organs, into your belly, this wave of relaxation continues to spiral up, moving through all of your internal organs, through the ribs, moving through the lungs and the heart up into the throat, moving down through the shoulders, coming down through the arms, all the way down through the elbows, through the wrists, 
out through the fingertips. And then your awareness finds this wave of relaxation coming back up through the arms, up into the shoulders, through the throat and the neck, up into the back of the head and your face, moving through all the facial muscles, relaxing the root of your tongue and the root of your nose, relaxing your eyes, your ears, every bone in your face, every hair on your head, every hair on your body, and just feeling the sense of grounded relaxation, bringing your awareness to the soles of your feet, the palms of your hands, the base of your spine, and this cord of red, silver, gold light comes out from these spaces and begins to spiral down, 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 deep down into the earth, all the way down to the core of great-grandmother hematite, this lineage stone. You anchor here into the core of Mother Earth, immediately connecting with the seven generations who have come before and the seven generations to come. And immediately you feel to the left, you feel the activation of your mother line, all of your ancestors coming together to gather in honor of you. And with the right side of your body, you feel the father line activate all of your ancestors coming together to gather in honor of you. And you feel this wholeness, you feel this beauty of being together, being together with this multitude of all of who you are. And as you continue to breathe and sink in deeper, you begin to feel the presence of a being, a great, magnificent teacher. You begin to take this in, this being, drink in this being, notice who they are. Perhaps they are a loved one who has transitioned on a spiritual teacher you already connect with in the flesh or a guardian of the holiest and highest calibers. Whomever this being is, they are here to serve on behalf of your highest good in all timelines. And they begin to bring you on a journey. a journey of deep self-discovery, of initiation, a journey into your will and your instinct. And they begin to take you 
through the earth to an opening in the earth, a portal, a cave. You have to find yourself down on your hands and knees to enter, and you do so. And you find yourself crawling through this, what it seems like endless tunnel on your hands and your knees. And as you crawl through this space, you begin to feel fear. You begin to feel like you're going to be compacted in this earth, perhaps lost forever. You know you must keep going, yet the pressure, the literal pressure of the lack of oxygen in the space is making you feel extremely overwhelmed and yet you keep going and as you continue to crawl on your hands and knees you notice all of the humanity of who you are your physical body and where it's aching and where you are wanting and needing things and you just keep going and you eventually find yourself in this like little opening there's a little more space here and your guardian is sitting at the sacred fire that they have created for you and they welcome you to the fire to come and sit and they ask you to look into the flames and you begin to look into the flames all the beautiful colors the white and the yellow and the orange and the purple and the green and the blue you see all the colors of the rainbows in the flames and in the coals you see creatures that turn into beings that turn into your ancestors that turn into you and you begin to see all the spaces and places in your life where you've had deep primal fear where you have repressed fear you begin to see the times where you have been so angry so nearly uncontrollably angry you see these parts of yourself in this firelight and as you look deeper and deeper you're able to go back through the timeline of your incarnation back all the way back to yourself as this little baby the small child when you did not get what you needed the most you see the whole scene before you you see whom was there and what was spoken and how you felt neglected and alone and how 
you just wanted your needs met. You just wanted to be validated that you exist and that you matter. And you sit with this and as you sit and you look in the fire, you hear your guardian singing this beautiful song to you and you feel tears coming down your face and you feel compassion for this part of yourself. You feel compassion for who you are now for the story that you have carried deep within your psyche. You feel compassion for all of it. It is the journey that has brought you here. And in this deep compassion, you feel a willingness, a readiness to let go of this part of your story, to allow the fire the coals to claim this part of your being. And you begin to sing along with your guardian and you begin to dance and you begin to move the energy so strong and you breathe. And your guardian is dancing alongside you and as you dance you begin to notice there's this cascade of light coming from what looks like a portal through this tunnel in fact it seems like there's sunlight coming through and you feel called to go explore this and you dance over you're shocked that you didn't even notice this before and there's this beautiful opening to this lush vegetative space with this gorgeous waterfall and the most glorious rainbow you've ever seen and you come to jump right into the water and to allow the waterfall to wash over you, every cell of your being. And you come to float in this water, sensing and seeing all of the beauty around you, the stones, the beautiful animals and insects, the birds, all in harmony and in this dance with one another, all of the colors, and the different sounds you hear, everything is like so vivid and bright. You feel this sense of freedom. You feel this activation at the base of your spine, this culmination, this awakening of the serpent energy that is your divine feminine, that is your divine masculine, each one coming up from the base of the spine, beginning to weave and intersect at the chakras, at these gates, these portals of light through all of who you are. 
And you begin to sense that as they move up through the layers of the spine, they make this beautiful circle around your body, the shield of golden light of protection. You feel completely at home with yourself and you allow yourself to be here in this moment to enjoy this wholeness, to enjoy this connection with all that is. Thank you so much for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we, as the individuals in humanity, awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Stay tuned for episode six, which will be released Venus Day, July 17th, post-eclipse reflections, neck bets, and a little bit about my own personal journey will be woven into this episode. Until then, may you crystallize your medicine.